All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And joining me today for the very first time on the podcast is Pastor Aaron Richard. Uh, Pastor Aaron, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, now the first thing we've got to ask you, the title of your church is one of the coolest. Uh, You're out there in Alaska. Yes. And you're at the church at the North Pole. So tell yes. us about your ministry there. Yeah, um, uh, I'm in a small town called, it's, uh, the name of the town is actually North Pole, uh, right outside of Fairbanks. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's Christmas all the time here. Um, we're down the street from Santa Claus, uh, this big Santa Claus house. And the guy there, his legal name is Chris Kringle. Mm. And for some reason, he knows everything about every city, and it's pretty convincing that he might be the Santa Claus. <laughs> well, see, now we have we have a problem starting right off the podcast. Yes. Uh, you're not familiar with us, even though we are the huge conglomerate that we are as a podcast. Um, you know, we have at least over five listeners. And our, our often our, our co-host isn't here today, but Ray Jewell. And Ray, if you're listening to this, and of course you are, uh, he's going to be here. He's going to be very upset at that because Ray is Santa Claus. If you've seen <laughs> the pictures, um, and every every winter he rents himself out as a singing Santa Claus. So Ray, I'm just telling you, you've got competition out there. So you need to head to Alaska and take care of this. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, so Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is the first time you've been on our podcast. Kind of introduce yourselves to our audience. Tell us about uh, your life and kind of give us your testimony how you came to know the Lord and uh, how uh, he brought you into maybe even the pastor. Yeah. So um, so I grew up in church. Um, it was the kind of non-denominational, um, uh, I don't really know, I guess anything goes kind of a church. There's really, you know, your way is as good as my way, and we're all just, you know, let's get together and kumbaya, you know, that kind of right. a thing. And so I always had a passion for the Lord. A desire to to serve him, to find him, to know him. I grew up in Awanas, uh, learning all the scriptures and everything, but it always had this kind of disconnect, um, feeling like what I read in the Bible was not what I was seeing in churches. And and uh, when I was 18 years old, um, I, grew, I grew up in a small town in Southern California, and I um, uh, just thought, I got to get out of this town. And so I joined the army. Uh, first recruiter that came knocking on my door, I said, where do I sign? <laughs> and um and through through that, uh, the Lord led me actually led me to Alaska, and um, I was I was really discouraged when it came to religion, Christianity. I really felt like if I was going to have any relationship with God, it was going to be me and Him, and uh, no no church involved, no anything like that. I just felt like uh, there was just complete apostasy. Well, when I got to to Fairbanks, um, I got introduced to my roommate in the army, and I uh, uh, didn't have a car yet, so he gave me a ride to to where we were working and. And he was listening to Christian music. And I said, oh, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah. And, and uh, I said, I am too. And he said, great, I'm taking you to church with me this Sunday. And uh, so he brought me to um, to a church in Fairbanks, uh, the first uh, first real Bible preaching Baptist church I'd ever uh, been to. And it was, it was different, for sure. Um, the conviction by which they spoke the word and the confidence. And God began doing a work in my heart. And I realized... Um, that I'd really been trusting in my own goodness and, and, and trying to, trying to appease God, trying to work out my own relationship with, with everything that I could maybe do for him. And, 
And, um, and I remember it was, uh, it was in August of 2002 uh, in my barracks room that I finally knelt down and said, God, if I'm going to be saved at all, it's because you saved me. And, uh, and that night I called on the Lord for salvation. I understand that Jesus was that perfect substitute, took my place. And uh, really from then on, God just began doing a tremendous work in my life. Uh, shortly after that, I met my wife in that church. Um, God began dealing with my heart about preaching and the ministry. And, and um, uh, short, uh, not about a year later, uh, two years later, maybe, um, God was leading me. Uh, we, our, our unit was going to be deployed to Iraq for a year. Uh, initially, it's going to be about 18 months. And um, uh, God just began stirring my heart. You know, what are you going to do for me in Iraq? <laughs> and I thought, well, there's no churches. What am I supposed to do for you? And that's when he really started prompting me, you're, you're going to preach. And and it was in Iraq that I really had uh, trial by fire on the job training and um, the opportunities God gave me to just share the gospel with other soldiers and counsel. And uh, people were coming to me. I was married 18 months at the time. Uh, people coming to me 10 years of marriage with marriage problems. Uh, just God was just opening doors left and right. And I didn't have the answers. It just caused me to just start studying and searching and getting my hands on any material that I could. But uh, that's how I spent a lot of my days. My off time, I would go, you know, trailer to trailer discipling soldiers. And um, that's how God kind of got me into it. And uh, when I got out of the army, God began burdening me for my hometown. Again, I grew up, there, there was no good solid churches. And um, and so I thought, well, I'll go that direction. I'll go to Bible college and figure all those things are expected of me. And um, headed that direction and realized that a church planner had just started a church in that town. So I thought, wonderful, I'll go work with him. And um, I uh, thought I'd go to Bible college first. Uh, after a semester, God started closing the door and uh, and just put me straight into the ministry. Um, found out later the reason for that was I would soon become the pastor of that small work, and um, and it was still a church plant work, and and God allowed me to use the GI Bill and go to school and let that be my income while I planted this church. And uh, so, long story short, um, God thrust us in about uh, about 10 years of church planting in Southern California. We later worked with another ministry in San Diego, and then the most recent one, three years in uh, the high desert of Southern California, before he moved us up to Alaska. And uh, we've been Wait, here at this You went from the desert of California to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's the story in of itself. My wife grew up here. Uh, I love Alaska. All I, you know, my whole time in California, all I ever did was talk about Alaska. And uh, but I also felt like, you know, to be in God's will, you had to be somewhere miserable uh, and which is why we were in California. Um, but uh, we took a year sabbatical. My, my in-laws uh, live in Alaska and we part they had some health concerns. So we thought I would um, check up on them, work a job and just kind of refocus on my family. There were some some other details that I won't bore you with. But um, after a year of, um, of being here, God began stirring my heart and a door opened up for this church here. In, uh, in North Pole, Alaska, that, that their pastor had resigned about six months earlier. And uh, so we'll see if God's in this. And, um, and that was about five years ago uh, this week that, um, that I became the pastor here at this church. Praise the Lord. Well, let, me, let me dig a little deeper on, on one aspect sure. you just said, because you, you kind of hit on a passion of mine before we get into our, our real topic for today. But you, sure. you mentioned, uh, you know, you grew up in church and you'd come to the conclusion at some point that um, your relationship with God was just going to be strictly personal. It's just he and yeah. you, churches didn't know anything and they were just, I, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but they sure. were probably all hypocrites and whatnot. But now you're the pastor of a church and I'm assuming you, you found that, you know, as Christians, 
the church is an indispensable part of our life. If it's something that that God has given us, and, and once you found a church, and uh, you know through the providence of God, through your friend in in the military, started getting you back in the church, you, you began to realize that that was a crucial part of your life. Can you talk a little bit more more about that? Because I think there's a lot of people in that same boat right now who have convinced themselves that you know. I can read my Bible on my own, or I can experience God anywhere. I could do it in nature, and you can ask, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities for that. But the local church is an absolute necessity. Absolutely. It's a gift that God has given. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's kind of funny being in Alaska. It's hunting season right now, so a lot of people are having church in the wilderness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That would be their testimony. And, uh, you know, saying, oh, I can experience God here, there, anywhere. And that's true. You know, um, your relationship with God is absolutely personal uh, because of Christ. Uh, he is our high priest. You can go to him. You can pray. You can read your Bible. You have the Holy Spirit. Those are all tremendous blessings. But uh, one of the things you cannot escape if you're going to read the New Testament with with honesty and understanding what is God's plan today, you're going to realize that the New Testament is um, is inseparable, indispensable when it comes to the Christian's life. Um, because it's not all about you. And, that, and, and see, we're so, we're, we're so, um, we're so narcissistic. The, the way we've branded Christianity, it's all about me, right? I mean, you look at the top Christian books, right? Uh, you know, building a better you, finding the champion within. It's all about you. It's not about him. Even when we approach the scriptures, most of the devotionals and things, it's all about you. And it's not about knowing God. And, um, and so because of that, we think about, we have the consumer mentality. What am I, what can I get from it? What, what, how does this benefit me? Not realizing that a huge part of our Christian life is the one another's in scripture, right. um, loving one another, serving one another, all those things. And you are not going to grow in the Christian life. You see, the way we serve God, you cannot escape this. The way we serve God is by serving one another. Um, try, try to give me an instance where you can actually serve God where right. there are no people involved. You can't be a hermit out in the wilderness. You can't, you, you, you have to, it always has to involve people. And so the New Testament church is God's avenue to do that. Of course, it's for growth, for, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying the body, the work of the ministry, um, Ephesians 4. But, um, but you really are not going to grow in the Christian life and reach the potential that God has for you apart from the local church. Now, I understand some people are discouraged like I was. Because I'd read my Bible and I'd say, where's the stand against sin? And where's the talk of righteousness? And where's the exaltation of God? And so so if there are good churches, mark it down, there are bad churches. Yeah. And uh, and a big key is find one that's nearest to the scriptures, nearest to the heart of God. Uh, people will let you down, absolutely. There are churches that are built upon false things. Uh, but it's so important to find one that lines up closest with the scripture. And yeah, uh, that's okay. really where, Yeah. And so, yeah, from the very beginning, back in Genesis 2, from the very beginning, God has called not just people to himself, but a people group. We are yeah. called to serve in community. We are called yeah. to worship in community. From the very beginning, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I want to create a help me for him. And from that, you know, we have uh, even Abraham, the people of Israel. And now we have the church. And so God wants us to be in community and approach him together. Um, and, and you mentioned you're not going to grow uh, without the church because, you know, a, a key fact or a key thing that, you know, I'm a, a pastor once shared with me, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you absolutely. You always be limited 
in your knowledge of God if you're limiting it to just what you know. Right. And so you need the church to, to broaden that to realize there's much more to know. So let's transition to your book. Um, yeah. Although I could talk all day about this, and I, and I kind of want to, but no, we're not going to. So, uh, but under that 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 category of knowing what you don't know, um, we're going to talk about something a lot of people struggle with. Yes. Um, and, and don't know what to do with, especially the people of God. So we're talking about depression. You wrote your, your book, Depression in the Christian Life. And um, in a lot of, it's been my experience that a lot of people in the church do struggle with depression, but it's that hidden struggle because we don't want to talk about it because yes. we want to show up to church, have the smile on our face. God loves you and um, everything's great because I trust in God. But the reality is um, there are times of struggle within the Christian church, which is why you need the church. Yes. Um, but so I want to ask you first, what, what led you to, to write this book? So I've had writing in my heart for several years now. And every time I start, um, I just I get so discouraged and I, and I, I um, kind of get overwhelmed, uh, struggle with imposter syndrome. You know, who am I to write about yeah. anything? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I realized, well, wait a minute, I'm a pastor. I'm, you know, I'm, these people all trust me with their souls, you know, in a sense. And, um, you know, and uh, so my wife and I were, were kind of both getting into writing a little bit and, and just challenged myself. You know what? I'm going to knock out a book in a week. And, uh, and, and so what would I write about if I were to write in a week? And the Lord has put on my heart um, something that he did in my heart, uh, in my life several years back, which, which prompted the content of this book. But, um, you know, depression. And uh, I thought, that's such a deep subject. I can't do my book in a week on depression, you know. And, and already my wife and I have been talking about um, the second edition, which will actually unpack a lot more, even clinical studies. And we'll talk more about depression. But uh, this was just a very surface level, just a word of encouragement for someone who's down. They can grab a 60-page book, 50-page book, and just say, you know, is there some encouragement in the scriptures for me? That was kind of my idea with it. But uh, but yeah, I challenged myself and uh, wrote the main portion of the content about a day and a half and then uh, edited it and released it within six days, I think. And uh, just as a challenge to myself and get that first one done. And now now everything's flowing. I'm getting all these book ideas and what I want to do. Yeah. But typically when it comes to discouragement and and those kinds of things, uh, um, especially bitterness, the Lord has um, allowed me to minister to a lot of people in regards to those things. Uh, oftentimes when I'm asked to preach in another church, um, I, I'll preach on bitterness, for example. It's plaguing our churches, and we don't want to talk about it, or we'll relabel it and, and not address those issues. But uh, I come from the perspective that God's Word truly does have the answers for life. He's given us everything we need according to life and godliness, um, or for life and godliness. And so uh, so that's got to have the answers. I know there's all kinds of psychology and there's all kinds of there's a lot of other things going on. Um, and I and I and I lightly touch on, especially in the introduction of the book, just saying, look, this isn't answering all the issues. But really, for someone who is just uh, struggles with discouragement from time to time, this would be a great help. Right. And um, yeah, I'm impressed that you wrote this in a day and a half. Um, <laughs> that that right there is, is incredible. But um, yeah, so it, it's not an in-depth book, but. I think this is a great conversation start. Yes. And, um, you know, I was encouraged by it. You know, that's something I struggle with and, and a lot of people struggle with. Um, and, and you dig into the scriptures. Like you said, it's not necessarily this, at least this edition, is not a clinical study. You're not getting in deep into science mm -hmm. or 
um, or medicine. But you, you look at the scriptures, you're looking at Jonah, Elijah, even Jesus himself, and David, and, and you're seeing that, first off, I, I think the big message of this book is if you're struggling with depression, you're not the only one. Right. And this is not an admirable, this is not a reason to doubt your salvation over this. Right. And so um, you said you said in the in the in the uh, preface and later on that depression is not necessarily a sin. Um, you said it's it's more of a, a temptation or a trial. Talk a little bit about that. It's not a sin, but it's a temptation. Yeah. So you know we will face feelings. Um, uh, you know various aspects that will hit us. Now. Instantly, that's kind of like that throws somebody off. You say, well, temptation or um, depression isn't necessarily a sin um, because we preach against it. We talk about, you know, you ought not to be, you know, the joy of the Lord. You know, we should always be joyful as Christians. And and sadly, we we, we put on an act, right? You know, Sunday morning, how you doing? Everything's great. You know, put on the smile, yeah. but you're miserable. Um, and, uh, you know, and so so what I want to do is unpack these these characters that we highly esteem. Now, Jonah, we don't highly esteem necessarily. We understand his situation. He had, you know, um, he so 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 he's he's just a good example of just a guy that didn't get help. Sadly, is really what, what I think Jonah we, we get from him. But even when you look at Elijah, who really did great things for the Lord, uh, I mean, he's the picture of the prophets. Yeah. When you talk about the the law and the prophets, you talk about Elijah and Moses. And uh, and yet how struggling, you know, after great victories, he just wanted to die. He asked God to kill him. And so I wanted to bring out this thing that that, look, you know, we can all go through these struggles. Now, there could be several things. What led to the depression may have been sin, where the depression may lead could be sin. And even staying in that depression could be sin. And so so I want to be careful not to say a blanket statement or give people license to just, you know, I want to stay down. But uh, the reality is there are going to be times in our own souls where we are overwhelmed for various reasons. And now now the challenge is, what do I do with that? Where do I take it? And one of the great characters that I bring out, you mentioned, uh, to, to really drive this point home is Jesus himself. Yeah. Now, nobody can accuse Jesus of being a sinner. Right. Okay. And, uh, and also, he was tempted in all points like we, yet without sin. And, and so there's that, there's that relating factor, which is so encouraging that he knows exactly what I'm going through. So when we think about, uh, think about this, the word depression doesn't show up in the Bible. So we got to say, what are we talking about here? We're talking about being pressed down. We're talking about being in a very low state and you cannot read the descriptive words of what Jesus went through the night before he was uh, taken or the night he was taken uh, without coming to the conclusion. This man was depressed. Uh, sore mates, pressed down, exceeding sorrowful unto death was what he said to his disciples. Um, that's not saying he wants to die. That's saying he's so way down he could die. That's depression. And uh, and so what did he do? I think Jesus gave some great examples. Unfortunately, he didn't have some very faithful friends in that moment, but he gave some great examples of what we can do in, when we're just overwhelmed. And um, And so... So really just looking at it, not to feel so guilty. Oh, I'm struggling with the depression. I can't talk to anybody because look what that makes me look like. A, a pastor, especially pastors uh, have to look like, like superheroes. You know, I don't struggle with anything. I, and I sure don't get depressed. And I think pastors with the weight that many carry, uh, uh, many struggle with this. And that, that's actually what prompted the book was, um, uh, and it was actually from a sermon the Lord gave me. Uh, several years back, um, it was a week that two pastors in Southern California, I didn't know either of them, 
but in one week, two committed suicide. And, uh, and I remember it weighed so heavy on me and I, I got depressed that week. I was so beat up and I, I didn't even know these guys, but I knew, I knew who I am and I, and I, and I know the struggles that I face. And I thought if these guys with these influential ministries, um, you know, um, are struggling with it to that point of taking their own life. I, I was really feeling what hope is there for me? Yeah. And I, I got nothing out of my study that week. I was just struggling. And I believe if I remember right, that Sunday morning had no clue what I was going to preach. I came to the office early and the Lord just, just, just kind of gave me basically that one for this book. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, th- it was a therapy session for me in front of the congregation. And, uh, and so the Lord uh, really put his finger on it and said, that's what you're going to write about. And hopefully it'll be a, a help to some people. The chapter that I found most encouraging was, was that section on Elijah. And mm. as someone who struggles with this, you know, you, you mentioned two things. You said first, um, you know, here, Elijah had this, this, this huge moment. I mean, how many people have called down fire from heaven and, and right. saw that? And that's an amazing thing. And then the next chapter, I mean, he's depressed and he wants to die and there's no one there with him and whatnot. And, you know, you mentioned two things. First, that God revealed, you know, just reminded Elijah of who he was, who, who God is, mm-hmm. a fresh vision of God. And then he gave, he gave Elijah a purpose. And, uh, you know, I was reading through that. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I need to get back into cultivating that relationship with God and remembering who he is, the reality uh, of his sovereignty, the reality of his power in my life. And then, you know what, I've got a job to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in ministry here. I've got to get up. And, and so I, I'd say thank you for that. <laughs> and I, I can, so I can tell you that God has already used your book in that way in my life. And I'm sure um, we'll, we'll use that again. But as, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I'm looking at the time. Um, one important aspect to mention is you're not discouraging. You're not, the message of this book is not just, Read your Bible, and your depression is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you encourage uh, people that if, if this is a prolonged thing, you might want to seek some sort of medical treatment. So we um, want to be careful. <laughs> Again, you're not dispensing medical uh, advice right. here, but um, talk to the, you know. Let, let's end on, on that note. Just the idea. Um, what do you tell the person who is? struggling with that because i know many christians say i know I, I can't go to a doc i don't want to go to a doctor about this because this is just a spiritual issue um if the problem has got to be me and so is, is medication uh a lack of faith in god sure yeah in fact uh you know one of my bad the bad reviews that i've already received on the book was that um you know just saying oh you gotta pray and you don't need you don't need help and uh well first of all i wrote the book because i want to help um but uh, but, you know, there are there is manic depression. There is there is clinical depression. There, there are these things. Um, sometimes it simply is uh, a, a lack of right nutrition, chemicals, those things. We have propensity to be down. Uh, I would say this. I firmly believe as a Christian, and, and that's why I want to make sure Christian was in the title. One person said this is just a religious book. Yeah, well, Christian's in the title. So that should have been your first clue. Right. Um, as a believer, and I and I come from a, a fundamentalist perspective. I believe every word is true, literal, right, uh, God breathed, uh, etc. That God has given us everything that we need at our disposal between the Holy Spirit and His divine Word. Those two working together, God's gonna give us everything we need, and uh, and God puts people in our lives to help us, lead us, guide us to truth. 
And so I would say this, I think counsel is very important. I think, uh, um, uh, talking to to mature Christians, uh, uh, people that know the word, people that are uh, Christian um, counselors. My what my position? If someone were to ask me, what should I do? I would say, as long as you are seeking a counselor that is going to point you to the word, yeah. uh, the sufficiency of the scriptures. You know, uh, Jesus said to Paul in his struggle, he says, "My grace is sufficient, not helpful, not not you know, it's not going to be a blessing. You know, it's it's absolutely sufficient. It will take care of all those things." And so, I have great confidence in that. Uh, along the way. You know, I've got no problem with uh, taking you know, blood tests. There are, there are a lot of other contributing factors uh, that play into there. But when it comes to uh, my mental state, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, the Bible talks much about the renewing of the mind. Well, we're talking about mental health, the renewing of the mind. That's what I need. And many times it really, it truly is a perspective uh, that, that I just need challenged. And so that's, that's my position where I come from. I know many would disagree with that. But uh, that's the conclusions I've come to. I think we have to be careful because we, we don't want to take a purely worldly perspective on this. And I think sometimes we, the pendulum swings the other way too far. And mm-hmm. we, it's an overreaction to, um, we do live in a world that it, it just seems like we have a prescription for everything, a drug for everything. And we want to excuse everything because of whatever. And we don't mm-hmm. want to go to that extreme. But um, this doesn't have to be an either or. It's not a matter of seeking medical attention or seeking godly counsel. Um, right. In fact, sometimes if, you know, if the medical issues are dealt with, assuming that they are there, um, it can help you with the spiritual aspect as you're getting a, a more clear focused mind. You can focus it on, on the spiritual issues that may be underlying all of this that sure. was uh, exacerbated by whatever medical issues that may exist. So it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Uh, either or. Um, in fact, it shouldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. But again, I, I want to encourage everyone to, to go out and get this book. It's, it's on Amazon. and I'll, I'll have the link to it in our show notes. Uh, it is an encouragement. It will be an encouragement. I, I speak from, uh, you know, there, there are times, honestly, on this podcast, I, 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 I cover a few books just because somebody asked me. Um, mm-hmm. But I asked you this time. Yeah. Um, your publisher didn't contact me. And uh, so I, I read this book. First off, you know, for at least a little while, it was free. So that that's my love language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and the topic interests me. So I, I read through that and it, it was an encouragement to me. And so I want to pass it on to all of you who are listening, because I think it'll, I, I believe it'll be an encouragement to you. Again, anything that goes into the scriptures is going to be yeah. an encouragement. Um, but I, I think, so, so Aaron, I want to thank you first for, for taking the time to be with us. And then just, just being able to address this topic which again, even in our, in our fundamentalist mindset, sometimes it's a taboo thing. It needs mm-hmm. to be talked about. We need to bring this out to the light so that it can yes. be dealt with in a scriptural manner. So Aaron, thank you so much. And before we go, we got to talk about, you know, we got a little bit of a rivalry. You've had your own podcast. Yeah. So tell us about the, the unfeigned faith. It's also, I mean, you've yeah. also got a blog and everything. Else, but tell us about uh, what people can expect there. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I'm not as regular on there as I ought to be. But, um, you know, again, this goes to a little put on my heart, start writing and putting stuff out, just little thoughts, blurbs, blogs, whatever. But yeah, the idea is, you know, the world is really lacking. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill said, the world's not looking for a new definition of Christianity. They're looking for a new demonstration of Christianity. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest uh, accusations of the church today is that we're a bunch of hypocrites. 
And so I really am passionate about this idea of unfeigned faith, as uh, Paul told Timothy, faith unfeigned, um, which means authentic. It's the real deal. And so that's kind of my perspective. There's some Bible study things on there, but um, but just something, you know, that's kind of what tries to push me when I think, is this going to help somebody in a practical way? Uh, that's kind of my desire with it. Uh, I want to do better with it, build it out more, but that's that's kind of the heart behind it. All right. So um, in your podcast, you're going through basically, it's a Bible study. Um, mm. about 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, and, uh, I'd, I'd recommend that everyone check that out as well. Once you finish catching up with the basic Bible podcast, you're free to go to some other places such as one faith. So, uh, we'll have the link to that. Aaron, again, thank you so much for joining us. And thank, thank all of you for joining us again, check us out www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And I know I don't need the www, but I'm going to say it cause I'm old and that's who I am. Um, Check us out our Facebook group and then on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Bible Cast. So until next week, have a good rest of the week.